Marketplace is supported by Putnam Investments, recognizing the value of financial advice since 1937. Putnam Investments, a world of investing. Produced in association with the University of Southern California. Take a couple of hundred economists, cram them into the same hotel, and you'll wind up with one of two things. A glimpse of what purgatory might be like, or some rare insights into where the economy is actually going. What's really happening at the annual Economists' Convention. From American Public Media, this is Marketplace. Marketplace is supported by Progressive Insurance, helping people shop for car insurance at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive.com. And by Thomson Reuters, a source of intelligent information to businesses and professionals around the world. Thomson Reuters, knowledge to act. From the Frank Stanton Studios in Los Angeles, I'm Kai Rizdal. It is Monday, today, the 4th of January, and it is great to have you with us. No convention of the American Economic Association is complete without a speech from the chairman of the Federal Reserve. And this year's meeting is no exception. You've probably already heard about Ben Bernanke's speech in Atlanta yesterday. It wasn't low interest rates and cheap money that brought on the housing bubble and the ensuing financial crisis, Mr. Bernanke said. It was lax regulation and laissez-faire supervision. Setting aside for a moment the fact that the Federal Reserve is a key bank regulator, other themes coming out of that meeting are worth a mention. Our senior business correspondent, Bob Moon, reports. Some of the top economic brains in America have been delivering a not-so-happy New Year's message at their meeting in Atlanta. The financial crisis, including weak economic growth and high unemployment, is far from over, they say. And some are warning flatly the government's stopgap bailout measures are only delaying another inevitable crash. The Fed chief told the gathering that tighter regulation and careful vigilance should prevent another meltdown, but he didn't rule it out. All efforts should be made to strengthen our regulatory system to prevent a recurrence of the crisis and to cushion the effects if another crisis occurs. Simon Johnson is an economist at MIT. He's convinced the opportunity for tighter regulation has passed now that politicians who control the bailout strings have lost the upper hand. These so-called too-big-to-fail financial institutions were very dependent on government support at that time, and it would have been possible to really defang those dangerous beasts that are still with us. Unfortunately, that opportunity was missed, and now the too-big-to-fail banks are even bigger, even more confident that they will be bailed out, and this is going to lead to trouble down the road. Johnson complains they have a tacit guarantee to keep taking risks. Now, the Fed chief says if that happens, he'll be ready. We must remain open to using monetary policy as a supplementary tool for addressing those risks. But a glittering parade of top economists, including Nobel laureate Joseph Stiglitz, labeled regulatory reforms on the table totally inadequate. MIT's Simon Johnson warns government leaders are playing with fire. My point is that there is no guarantee next time that you will have the kind of fiscal response or the ability to respond from the Federal Reserve that will be sufficient to stabilize the economy. Which is why so many of the assembled economists remain worried about the months ahead. Johnson goes as far as suggesting lawmakers should think twice about confirming Bernanke to another term leading the Fed. I'm Bob Moon for Marketplace. Before we move on, a thought about that meeting. Who in the heck has a business conference over New Year's weekend? Well, thanks to the Wall Street Journal today, I now know why economists do. Turns out they get better deals on hotels in the post-holiday lull. Or, put another way, they're just cheap. 2010 brings with it the census, the once every 10 years national headcount. This year, the government's spending $340 million on a media campaign to try to boost participation. Marketplace's Jeff Tyler looks at what the money is going to buy. 
A 46-foot trailer and 12 cargo vans will act as moving billboards for the census, crisscrossing the country to promote participation. There will be ads on TV, radio, billboards, and even text messages. Steve Jost is associate director of the U.S. Census Bureau. He says in contrast to the last census in 2000, fewer ads will be national. A little more than half the money will go towards local advertising in order to reach these harder-to-count communities. People like new immigrants, ethnic minorities, and the homeless. So the census will place ads in many small newspapers, especially those targeting ethnic populations. Brian Steffens is executive director of the National Newspaper Association. It's not unusual in small towns to have an 80 to 100 percent penetration in a market. Ad revenues will help struggling community newspapers. Steve Joe says the ads could also help the government's bottom line. For each 1% of households that mail back that form, we save 80 to $90 million in not having to go door to door.